Hey there, this is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Close-Up. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to get new episodes delivered to you every week. You can also rate and review the show on iTunes, which will help us reach more cinephiles like you all around the world and help us make this podcast even better. Thanks again for listening, and now back to our show. Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. Each week, we present in-depth conversations with some of the biggest names in filmmaking. It's August 12th, 2015. I'm Michael Lodemark, one of the show's producers. Today, we're sharing an illuminating conversation with acclaimed actress, director, and producer, Salma Hayek. The evening was part of our ongoing free talk series, which is sponsored by HBO. Salma Hayek's latest project, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, on which she served as a producer and lent her voice, opened last Friday in select theaters. Do I hear a mouse? My name's Mustafa. What's yours? We will escort you to your port of emigration. I'm gonna miss him too. Look, it's the poet! Mustafa? Is he free? You bring a riot to our doorstep. Where are you taking him? Nothing less than a call to rebellion. They think I'm their prisoner, but I've flown away many times. Based on the book of the same name, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet intersperses Gibran's elegant poetry with stunning animated sequences by Tom Moore, Nina Paley, Bill Plimpton, and a host of other award-winning animators from around the world. It's set in a Mediterranean seaside village where Camilla, voiced by Hayek, cleans house for the exiled artist and poet Mustafa, voiced by Liam Neeson. But the more difficult job is keeping her free-spirited young daughter, Almitra, voiced by Kavenzene Wallace, out of trouble. The trio embark on a journey meant to end with Mustafa's return home, but first they must evade the authorities who fear that Mustafa's words will incite rebellion. Ahead of last Friday's release, Salma Hayek joined former Variety critic Scott Foundas in front of a packed house in our amphitheater to discuss the film. Their wide-ranging discussion also touched on issues of gender inequality, cynicism, and maintaining individuality in Hollywood. Unfortunately, the recording cut off Scott's first question, so as we join the conversation, Salma Hayek is talking about what drew her to this project and how it's different from other animation films. So let's go now to their conversation. Because we really tried to do an experiment. And it was very brave and it was very scary. (laughs) But we created a story that it's a framing story that it's done with earth colors because it's supposed to bring you back to Earth, that it's done in the old style of animation because everybody's supposed to feel like a child when you start watching the film, and that it's a very simple story. And yes, there are some themes that might be heavy, but it's everyday life. The freedom of speech and the courage to fight for the things that you believe. But most important, because that's political and it's not a political film. 
to 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 fight for the team theme of having your own voice in a world that is designed to turn us all into consumers it's very important and here comes the other subliminal part the little girl it's a little girl looking for her voice and you will be surprised the children who are closer to their spirit who are starving for things that can identify some of their anxieties subconsciously have a very interesting trip because they recognize all those symbols because they're more pure than we are and so this little girl i've been working with women's rights for a long time we don't have a voice of our own we have been trying to survive within systems that were created by men we don't even know exactly what are our real concepts of things because we have to build them around what is acceptable. So this girl is not accepted by this little town. She also acts out and she steals and she creates havoc. And then there is the mother, like many mothers today, who have to raise their children on their own, even when there's sometimes the father's sleeping in that bed, but the mothers are still raising the children <laughs> on their own. Many times they have to provide for their children and they lose that connection and they don't know how to communicate with them anymore because they're busy putting the food on their table. This is not so hard for the kids to understand. That the father died. That the, Now there's a poet and he's arrested. Why? What's his crime? Poetry. It's good that the kids know that there is this kind of thing happening in the world. He explains it in a very simple way. But then comes the jewel of the film in my, and it's the poems. Within this story, we have eight of his poems, and in these poems, and also there is a design, visual and symbolic, the, you are going, there's another thing that we should talk about, which is freedom in the film, but let's, let's think about connection. You get to not escape your life, which is normally what you do in films. You are entertained, it's light, it's not preachy. You will have a good time with your children and with your parents. But it's a moment that it's yours. It's for you, not to escape from your life, but to remember the beautiful things about life. Now, one of the ideas visually in the film is that each of the poems is animated in a different style, some quite classical and some almost kind of avant-garde with uh, shapes and lines and colors and, and things like that. Can you talk a little a bit about how that idea came about and, uh, and how you got the director, um, Roger Allers, involved, who some people may know as the director of The Lion King? Yeah, so the framing story, it's done by Roger Allers, who did The, La the Lion King. And he, he is a lo the loveliest man. And uh, he also wrote the story. And uh, he came up with the concept of making it more earthy. And we were very, very lucky to get him. Nobody got paid in this movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is good, because when you don't have money, then you know all the people that are working in this film are doing it from the heart. This is a handmade film made with love. 
And then we have, um, it's in 2D, and he was very familiar with this, although he, does, he did a lot of the early Disney's and then some later on. Um, then we have eight of the most extraordinary artists in the world. And again, with the idea of doing the film in the same philosophy as Khalil Gibran, one of the themes of the film is freedom. So first of all, we gathered different artists from different religions and beliefs, many different parts of the world, different ages, and what we did is we gave them a poem or they chose a poem that was already chosen for the story, and then for the first time in history, we said, you are completely free to do whatever you want with it. And it was important that we didn't tell them a color palette or um, this style of animation, that style of animation, they were free. If they wanted to use computer or there's some watercolors, I'd like to talk about one, to me, that blows my mind because it's a woman who invented a technique, clay with paint, and she works on a hard surface and she does the whole animation with one finger. And there's no cuts, so there's no editing. She starts painting and it looks like Van Gogh. It's really sublime, I mean, she didn't work. She starts painting and she films and then she continues to paint a little bit later, films again, and she, and she doesn't change the surface. It's all on top of what she's doing. She's transforming image into another image, into another image. Then we have Bill Plimpton, who does it with, you know, just like regular kids' colors, and he is amazing too. I mean, he's a very, very famous, very uh, recognized animator. But each one of them also bring their point of view on Khalil Gibran's words, so that it's not one point of view, so that your experience is not, nobody's telling you what to think, how to see something. It is your time for you to make the film yourself. And I think that what really works for also is that it, we're not just talking about freedom. It's probably the main theme of the film. But we wanted the audience to experience freedom. And the first thing that we need to free ourselves from, it's ourselves. And our program in the head, ta, 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 oh, I know this is gonna happen, I know what's gonna happen next, I know. Instead of this, you don't know when, it, you know something's gonna happen, but you don't know when, and you have no clue what it's gonna look like. Or in which form, because sometimes it's a song. So it, again, it keeps the expectator open and experience the freedom as they're watching the film. This movie is opening on Friday. We're sort of still in the height of the summer movie season with these big blockbusters eating up all of the media attention, Jurassic World and that kind of thing. Has it been challenging to kind of get awareness of this film out there uh, in the marketplace? With the three dollars that we have for marketing, <laughs> it's been nearly impossible. I mean, the only reason is because this is costing us nothing except my time, and this is why I get to talk to you. So the film really 
needs, I mean, relies on the people, the champions that are going to go see it, and if they like it, that are going to talk about it or tweet about it or use their disconnected social media to connect to others that are also <laughs> disconnected so that you can find a film that is going to connect you to yourself. <laughs> and it's, but the film was done, the, one of the problems, especially the critics, huh? we, we should talk about the critics for a moment. You, because you retire, so I can, <laughs> is it for children or is it for adults? And immediately they need to know what's the box. It's for human beings. It's trying to make a call to your humanity. We forget we're human. One of the most beautiful things that I've experienced watching the reaction of the people that see the film, so many men cry. And I will tell you why. Because they are very tough when there are problems and where there is tragedy, they're used to it. But the film is not sad. When somebody tells them, your children are not your children, they're the sons and daughters of life longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And they are not expecting this, and when it's sung by Damien Rice, <laughs> and when they, somebody tells them, you know, love can be a, so difficult, but when it calls for, for you, you must follow it. It are things that are not talking to them like this is the feminist movie and you are this and that. Uh, this is the macho movie, yes, it's fun, let's, yeah, boom, let's, all of a sudden somebody is aiming for a place inside a man that it's not usually touched. And it's very simple. And for the children, I want to use this as an example. They say, ah, but the children, they don't like poetry. Listen, children, their first language is metaphors. This is why the nursery rhymes work so well with children. But we don't need any language in this movie to tell the poetry because we tell the poetry through images. And they respond a lot more to images and art than any words you can say to them and to music. So it's also them being respected as intelligent human beings. But of course, what, how do we market this film? Nowhere, because there is no box for films that are spiritual or that are you know, visually spiritual. There is no box for this film. And we are, of course, competing with the huge ones that give you everything digested and it's very comfortable and everybody knows what it's going to be and they, everybody knows they must take their children because it's all over the television and the children are programmed. This is the new film and my mom has to take me so that I can tell my friends that I saw it. <laughs> and uh, so it's a struggle, but... Somebody asked me, but is it for all the children? <laughs> I said, I don't know. Maybe it's just for the ones that have the potential to change the world and create a better future for all of us. And you know what? That's good enough for me, even if it's a small box.
Um, before I take questions from the audience, I wanted to ask you about one thing that's maybe not directly related to the movie, but maybe it has some connections, which is uh, you uh, are on uh, the cover of Allure magazine this month in a revealing photo shoot, and in the accompanying interview, you talk about the fact that you've had no uh, Botox, no plastic surgeries of any kind. You're 48, you look fabulous. Almost 49. <laughs> Don't take my year away, I suffered it. But as you were saying earlier, there's a lot of, um, a lot of women have to make their way in this world in male-dominated industries like Hollywood. And uh, I'm, even though you have sort of managed to get to this point and, and you're thriving as an actress and a producer and you've done it your way, do you hear a lot from younger actresses, other young women trying to get into this business, that there is a, still a lot of pressure in these, in these other uh, respects about body image and th all of that. This is not having anything to do with Hollywood. Society puts a lot of pressure on women. You see before, it was a little bit different, but now uh, it's very strange because we are fighting for equality, but we are right now at a space where uh, we don't get the same pay. We don't get the races or the promotions in the same criteria than the man. However, there's a lot more expectations. You have to work. You have to be successful at your job. You have to be a good mother. You still have to deal with the house. You still have to deal with all the things, with the schooling, if the kid gets sick, with the children. And on top of it, you have to look hot. <laughs> you cannot age. You cannot gain weight. And it's like impossible, all of it, you know? And, and so there's, I'm sorry, I, And I have to answer these questions, and I'm happy to answer these questions. Bring them on. But, but it's true, and it's like, oh my God, this is a woman, and she is war, or this is a Mexican that got a job that's not in the fields. Oh my God. One thing that I, I, you know, the movie is all about also community and including everyone not being fast to judge. You will see there's like every message that you can think of. We packed it in there. Um, but one thing that I love about making this film is shining a light to the fact that it was an Arab woman, an Arab man that, that wrote these words that bring us all together. And... Every, I mean, if we go through each one of the poems, he was so ahead of his time. But when he talks about marriage, this was written in 1923. He talks about men and women as two equal pillars that hold a temple. It's an Arab man talking about this. So we have equality in it. We, 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 we have them all. All the issues that make me a short, angry woman. 
a short, angry Mexican Arab woman. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get angry, you know, if you are an Arab or a Mexican and you want to be angry, come to America because look, already like the Mexicans, they are treated at the bottom. <laughs> and then the Arabs too. And if you are Arab Mexican, I don't know, there's like no, nowhere else to go. Hell. <laughs> you know? But it breaks, it helps break a lot of these stereotypes that are so silly. I say I'm angry because it sometimes is good to be angry. But I have a fantastic sense of humor about my challenges and about my anger. And I turn it around. I mean, when I hear the ignorance, instead of being hurt, I go, oh my God, you poor devil. <laughs> you are so ignorant and you don't even know it. You don't even know what, what you're seeing. What you're... And it sort of makes me feel sorry for them in a strange way. Not in a condescending way, but love, it's a fantastic thing. To be so greedy with it and not just love everybody until they stab you. Or, or maybe, if depends how deep is the stab, you can always forgive and love again. You know? But to, to, to be educated in a way to feel fear or anger at somebody that's just passing by that has done nothing to you, who do you think it affects the most? It's not nice to live in fear. It's not nice to live in ignorance. But there's some ignorances that can be quite nice, but <laughs> denial can be such a powerful tool. But, um, but it's, sort of, it's sort of poor in spirit. Uh, at this point, uh, I will take questions for the short, angry Mexican Arab woman to my right uh, from the audience. Um, uh, you, sir, in the blue there. When you have a, a passion project like this, something that resonates with you as a young girl that you take on and nurture like a child and you want to share with the world. Um, Stop. Notice everybody how he said, as a young girl, continue. <laughs> Well, when you, when, when you discovered the book with your grandfather, you were a young girl. That's where I was coming from. It still resonates as a, with, us, with, with us as adults, too, you know. But um, comparing that to another passion project like Frida, how is it similar? How is it different? Did that project help better prepare you to take this one on? You know, given the challenges, or are the challenges similar? Are they different? That type of thing. Lots of similarities and lots of things that are completely different. Um, doing animation, and I went in knowing nothing. I was sometimes ignorance can really give you the this, the, the the first uh, courage to go because you don't know how hard it's going to be. It's a completely different ball game. It's very, very, very complicated and expensive. And there's not like you can edit after every decision. It stays like it is from the beginning. Completely different process. So for me, it was something completely new. There's a lot of similarities, though. I tend to do things that are very, very visual. Frida was a visual proposition. It, 
we've been copied so much after that, but I produced a television show called Ugly Betty, that now there's a lot of things that look like that, but we were the first one. We were the first show that looked like that. It was very vibrant in colors. They all have a strong girl, a female character, that is a fish out of water. Uh, maybe the one theme that can put them all together is the courage to be unique and accept yourself for who you are and celebrate your differences. So there are a lot of uh, music, very important. So that's who I am. When I act, I express someone else's voice, including my character. When I do something that I start from scratch, although I have to confess, I detest producing. It's such, it is the worst thing, it takes over your life. I always say, it, it is, you have to go through the nightmare to make the dream come true. I don't like it. But I, there's things I wanna say that are mine. And so there are similarities in all of them if you really study them, and it's a fantastic question. Because it's kind of my own madness, you know? And, but um, there's the other thing that's been very similar is that every time I'm gonna do it, I always hear, you're crazy. This will never get done. And when I hear this word, this will never get done, is where the car goes from park to automatic and goes shock. <laughs> because something about that phrase just makes me wanna do it all the more. And it gives me the gasoline to endure because it's always hell. It's so difficult. I struggle till the last minute. Still today, you know, there was an, some that we had very, very, very good reviews. And there was one bad review that said, no, this film is not good. It's like a self-help fantasia. <gasps> I thought that was beautiful. He thought he was insulting me because the critics are very cynic. They think if they're very cynic, they're very clever and highbrow. And I love good cynicism. I mean, it's fantastic. But that's not all we are. And some way, a lot of, some, some critics are insecure, and when they're watching, they're trying to think what the other ones are thinking or what they're gonna say, instead of the good ones who just take it in. And so, you know, even now I'm struggling even with that cynic like I did with Frida and nobody, young people are not interested in philosophy. Oh, that's a really dangerous uh, state of mind. That's really special in times like today. They're looking for a purpose and they're gonna find it somewhere. And so, I, even till the last day, you will see the film comes out. How many theaters do you think is coming out on Friday? Two. 
Only one in New York. And only one in LA. So we'll get your tickets because we're selling out. <laughs> But wait. It was the same with Frida. Frida was going straight to HBO because they said it was trash. And I begged, give me one movie theater in New York. Just like one, one, one. And then once I got it, give me one in LA, just two movie theaters. And of course, it came out in two movie theaters and it took a life of their own. And so, so far, I've proved, this is such an evil side of me, but it gives me such a satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, I accept it, and that's not why I did it. Oh my God, but the pleasure I experience when I prove the cynics wrong. The people that don't dare to try something new, that give it for granted that things are never gonna see a day of light because they're different. And I, I, I'm all about celebrating different and differences. So when I prove them wrong, I, I get so happy, please help me prove them wrong with this one because so far, every single time, they've been wrong. Imagine when I was going around saying in freedom, can I please, I want to sell you this project, would you do this project with me? It's about artists. In, in this time, every film that had come out about artists flopped. Already in this moment, you could see their face. Oh, uh, but wait, wait, no, it's a beautiful period piece. It's, it's about this Mexican artist. <laughs> oh, in this moment, it was like, oh my God. And then I said, no, but it's a really interesting story. They're communists. <laughs> oh my God, now they're starting to try to pretend they got a phone call or something. <laughs> and, then I, and then I said, okay, this is the wrong way to sell it. No, 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 you got me all wrong. It's a beautiful love story between a hairy, crippled woman and an overweight, ugly man. <laughs> you know? So it was impossible. Same with this one, you know? The prophet, it sells 120 million copies around the world. Yes, it's a fantastic book. I want to make it into an animated children's film. But it's a philosophy book. Yes! Isn't that great? So it was completely, and I said, but look, it was written by an Arab man, it's important that in these times, oh, no, 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 you, you know? Even philosophy, but it was written by an Arab man. It was a philosophy book about an Arab man for children. In, it, it just, they never read the film, most of the, the, the book, most of these people, they had no idea. So they just hear, they just hear operative words, Arab, Philosophy, book, animated movie for children. Just the equation didn't just add up. So the thing that they've been very similar is same with Ugly Betty. Let's make a Colombian telenovela about this ugly girl that works in the fashion industry. It just, it just never made sense. But to me, it always did. Because I always look at the bigger picture. Um, Thank you. Uh, Ma'am, in the back uh, there, in the black, yes. Uh, That's a woman. Yes, I said ma'am, ma'am. A ma'am. In Mexicana. Okay, the man in the back. <laughs> no, you're fine, you're fine, you're one of mine. So, first of all, let me tell you something. To, 
two quick questions before um, my two thing, two quick things before I'm my question. I'm gonna be fast now with it. Okay. Uh, first of all, your Instagram account is the best one. I love it. It's quirky. It's funny. It's honest. Straight to I the point. I do it myself. I'm, I, I love it. Suck at it. It's the best thing that ever happened to Instagram, Instagram this you. year. Second one, I have the obligation as a Mexican woman born and raised in Mexico like you that uh, what you did with Frida was amazing. Last week I was in Mexico City for work and I had to pay a visit to La Casa Azul for the third time. It was the first time after watching your movie many years ago. And That's the blue house where she lived. Yes. <laughs> And it's nice to kind of like have a reference of your movie to tell my friends about who Frida was. So whoever told you that it was like a whatever ugly movie, like, you know what? Because no? No, yes, after when it came out, they ate their words. But exactly, before. wonderful. So I'm sure you learned a lot from Frida that you, trans that you got those elements into this new movie. Uh, what was the biggest lesson that you got from making the profit that you want to transmit into the new movie, that you think that you're gonna take from uh, making the profit, and you say, like, you know what, this is what I'm looking forward to my next project. The biggest lesson that you got. It was such a personal journey that it would be unfaithful of me to take any of it to anywhere else. It's not part of a machine. It was a personal experience for every single person that worked in it. We were very brave. We, we didn't say, okay, but we'll do this here. No, no, we did some things. We did create a formula. But it was a formula for you to make the film. And so I think it also reconnected me with my grandfather. I, mean, I don't want to bore you with my mushiness. I mean, it just, the trip to Lebanon, what it did to the Lebanese people. I've had, I've run into Lebanese people in other places that were there at the time, and I run into them in different places, and the whole, what they repeat to say is like, the spirit of the country changed. It did something to the spirit of the Lebanese people in Lebanon that are going through such hard times. I mean, it's such an, and, and I think for, with Frida, I had my own things, there too, but um, your children are not your children. This baby's born and it's no, not mine anymore. It's yours, it's yours, it's every single one of yours. And the, maybe the thing that taught me the most, a lot of lessons, of lessons of humbleness, but I learned it in Lebanon because I was very worried. I've never done anything that didn't make the money back. I have an allergy to debt. It is the most horrible sensation one can experience. It's so excruciating. I hate owing anything to anyone. It's, I'm sure everybody understands what I'm talking about. It's so, it's humiliating. And I asked for this money. And I had such pressure, my God, what if I don't make the movie, the money back? We were not able to sell some, set, some territories. People, some people wouldn't even see it. And I, I really had this nightmare of the money, the money, the money, the investors, I have to give them their money back. And one of my investors was a bank from Lebanon. 
And the Lebanese were good with the money. Yeah? They, they like the money. They're protective. They're <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but... Yes. And so, after this experience, the bank, the representatives of the bank came to me and said, it almost makes me want to cry. <laughs> he said, you know what? I never thought I would hear myself this in my entire life. But we don't care about the money anymore. If we don't make our money back, it doesn't matter. This little jewel and what it's done to our country, it's far beyond any money that anyone can imagine. And it sort of freed me. And then another, a friend of mine said to me, you know, when you make a contribution from the heart, you, can, you have to just let it go and flow and I cannot worry anymore about the money. Of course, if you can help me get the people to see it, <laughs> I take the help, not just because of the money, but because I want a lot of people to see it. But it, it, it freed me because I was not sleeping. I had this thing and I said, you know what? I'm proud of this film. If it makes the money back, great. If it doesn't make the money back, I'm still super proud of this film and I would do it all over again. Maybe some of the other investors won't do it all over again, but I would. Um, go down here. Yeah. Hi, Sama, thank you. I'm Lebanese. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, this book has been a huge part of, of my youth and growing up. And so it's, I am so excited to see the movie. So thank you so much. But what I wanted, I wanted to ask a question in the producer in you because um, doing spiritual films is something that there's not much of an audience for and what kind of advice... How do you know there's not much of an audience for? We do I not to, know yeah, this. Right. I will tell you why. Because they're not being made. Yes. I can tell you this. In the book industry, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. But because everybody says, oh, no, 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 there's not an audience for this, which is what they're telling me about this film, nobody makes them. So I, I wanted to, to challenge that. Mm -hmm. Says who? You're we right. have no data because nobody, people don't try. They do religious films, and then that fits very well in a box. Mm -hmm. What religion? Ah, here goes the box. Oh, we know how to market this. Let's get them all in here. As long as you separate people in groups, the, the system of consumism works really well. When you try to bring them together and gather people from all the different boxes who are interested in coming together, it's impossible because they're all inside of the box and they cannot see what's happening in the other box. So there's really no way except for one. Human beings, your voice can make a difference. Now we have social media. Revolutions have already started by people communicating with social media. It's only the, this, the, the destiny of this film, like many others, it's in the hands of, of the audience because right now it's, it's almost impossible to have 
a, a movie experience anymore in something that is really special. It goes straight to television. This is a mistake for this film. This film has got to be experienced in the big screen. And then you know what? Then you're going to want to watch it again because you don't get all the words and uh, you want, this is the kind of film, then you want to watch it maybe alone, but do not miss on the opportunity of just, okay, we combine poetry, art, music, and the magic of cinema. And the magic of cinema, it's really magical. It has to do with our connection with rituals. The lights go off, the smell of the popcorn, you drive towards it. It is a respectful ritual to go to have a special moment where there is silence and there is darkness and then something comes to life. And the film will never be all that it is if you don't watch it in the cinema. But then it has a second life because I think Later on, you can watch just the different poems that you want. It's also designed to deconstruct, which is different than other films. You can watch just the story, this poem, that poem. I mean, it, it's like, you will see. But it's not an anthology. Um, uh, here, yeah. Oh my God, so much for the short answers. Okay, now I'm gonna be really short. It has nothing to do with your question. Lo voy a hacer en español. And I will translate for the rest of the audience. She says, I'm going to do it in Spanish. Estoy muy orgullosa de usted. I'm very proud of you. Y le doy gracias por esa maravillosa película. And I thank you for this wonderful movie. No le he visto lo poquito que he visto. I have not seen it, but the little that I've seen me ha trasladado a mi niñez. Has taken me to my childhood. Oh, now she's going to make me cry. Los pájaros, el río. The river. The, the, the birds. Y sí, quiero llevar a mis hijos para que lo vean y se conecten con ese mundo maravilloso. And I want to take my children so they can see it and connect to that wonderful world. Thank you so much. Gracias. Thank you so much. Y Dios, Dios la bendiga siempre. Muchas gracias a ti también. Thank you and God bless. Okay, so, and I think that's the last one we have time for, this gentleman there, yeah. What efforts, what efforts are being made to uh, promote, uh, like, uh, uh, in community centers or whatever, uh, in connection with this picture, to uh, bring together groups, different religious groups, different uh, people of different nationalities that are... Uh, I'd love to do that. We don't even have the manpower. I mean, we've tried with some communities. We don't even know who they are. I mean, I, we don't have, like... Because you see, when they market the, free, the, the films, then they hire a marketing machine that specializes in this box or that box or that box. We don't have the money for the big machines. Mm -hmm. And so we've tried on our own. Yesterday I was outside of, a mo of the movie theater where it's gonna be, there was a little screening, and there were two screenings, and in between, I went outside and I started giving postcards to the passerbys. <laughs> And you know, it's a great idea. It's hard to identify who they are and who would be, but if you have a community, we'd love to, to talk to you that you think would be interested in the, in the, in the film. I, I even told my friend 
go put it on your yoga studio. You can, we put the thing, and then, oh, you need to fill out an application, da 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 the bureaucracy. Oh my God, can't they just like, it's very, really pretty. No, because da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So, it's, 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 it's complicated, but we're really, we're trying. We're, we're doing our best. Are you going to put it on the internet where uh, any, everybody in the world... That's, yes. I just started social media only like three or four months ago, so I don't have millions of followers. I'm also not... Again, we're going to talk about my age, but the ones, you know, it's the young ones that have the millions and millions of followers because it's that generation. Uh, but we have a website, uh, The Prophet, The Movie, at what? Gbrandsprofitmovie.com. And it's all together. And uh, we have, I think, 30,000 followers. And that's it. You know, but it's better. Worldwide, by the way. <laughs> but I think it's beginning. It's beginning to, to pass the word. And I love you for trying to help me and giving me ideas. Thank you so much, and it's very brave of you. So I really appreciate it. And if you have anybody in mind, let us know. We'll try to stalk them. Having your daughter did the French, the voice for the French version of this movie, how was working with Valentina? Very humiliating. <laughs> they, you know, we were having a brainstorm about uh, the promotion, which, by the way, in France are very well organized because the Ministry of Culture is interested, the Ministry of Education is interested. We don't, you know, it's a completely different world in the way things work and in the way they embrace culture and original um, content. But they asked me, could Valentina play the little girl? And I said, no, why would we don't let her act? She's not. She goes, but you said no too fast. You didn't ask her. Well, I'm not going to ask her. You know, it's, well, would you at least let her know that we wanted her? I mean, it could be flattering for her. So I don't know. Uh, this is very confusing for me. Can we please change the subject? It was very uncomfortable. And then they made me feel guilty. These are people that know me too well. It's unfair that she doesn't know that she was offered this, you know. And, and I said to her in front of my husband, who I knew was going to say no, I said, you know, Valentina, you should be very flattered because some people wanted you to do the voice of this, uh, the, the movie. And uh, of course, you're not going to do it, but she goes, why not? <laughs> and then my husband, who's driving, turns around and goes, why not? I go, because she's not going to be an actress. You know, I, I'm not really for children actors. I go, really, are you asking me this question now? And, and uh, he says, no, but it's, it's not acting. It's, it's just the voice. I said, that's acting. That's very insulting. <laughs> and he, he said, yes, but people are not going to see her. But they're going to know it's her. So we made a deal. She is going to try to go do the voice. If she gets the part, and I told her, it's not an audition. They just have to see if... You ma your, fa your voice matches the character, or maybe it's too young to old so that she wouldn't feel. Uh, they can use the voice, and we make up an, an, a name, 
So nobody will know that it's you, but you have the great experience. So we went in, and she was going to do the, a little test. And it, it took me two days to do the voice in French, and I really struggled. She started, and the director goes, continue, give her the other line. And, and she did the whole movie like in an hour. <laughs> and when it's time to cry, she would, I'm like, okay, and this, but shut up, mom. No, shut up, be quiet, let me, let me look. And then she was reading, and then we started to cry. <laughs> she starts to cry, and I'm like, oh my God, I've traumatized. And then when it's over, she's like, not crying anymore, on to the next line. And, and everybody was like, wow, bravo. And then she goes, was it really that great? No, it was beyond the sound engineer. I've never seen anything like it. Was, was it. was it really that good? Yes, yes. Well, then I think I deserve my name on it. <laughs> and she started that campaign. Like mother, like daughter. <laughs> uh, here, yes. Hola, ¿qué tal? Muy bien, gracias. De antemano y en el nombre de los 48 millones de habitantes colombianos. Oh my God, I have to translate de antemano. How do you say? Beforehand. Oh yeah, it's literal. Beforehand. Te queremos agradecer por el excelente trabajo que hiciste con Yo Soy Betty La Fea y transformarlo ah. al formato americano, ¿verdad? Miren, He's thanking me for Betty La Fea because it was a Colombian telenovela. Uh, oh, I know, Ugly Betty, I'm translating in Spanish, in saying it again in Spanish, uh, for translating it, for uh, transforming it into, in, into the American system. Para nosotros los actores latinos, eres una heroína. Esa es la palabra, ¿ok? Thank you so heroína. much. He's an actor. He says, for, for us, the Latin actors, you are a heroine. La pregunta es la siguiente. ¿Qué tiene que hacer un actor como en el caso pasó contigo, que viene una trayectoria de novelas y que está rompiendo esquemas en un país donde somos diferentes para muchos. ¿Qué tiene? What does an actor that comes from one of our countries has to do to break esquemas? Esquema, ayuden, ayuden. ¿Eh? No, it's not. You said the right word. No. No, it's not stereotypes, it's ba barriers. maybe barriers to, to enter into the system. Paradigms. ¿Qué tiene que hacer un actor como yo para algún día cumplir el sueño de trabajar con una excelente actriz como tú? Thank you very much. What, what does an actor like me has to do to one day fulfill the dream of one day working with an actress like you? First thing. You need to learn how to speak English. <laughs> A little. <laughs> First thing you have to work on in the English if you want to work here. And it's really hard, but you really, really, it's very, very important because it's part of your, your, your instrument to communicate. Um, then, even if other people see you different, it's very important that you never see yourself different. If you don't, then eventually they will just see what you are. Uh, sometimes when the, the, the really dangerous thing about stereotypes, and I realized this when I came to the United States, I realized that 
somebody comes up with a stereotype, and then some of us, just to fit in, become it. Because otherwise, there's not really an identity in, in certain worlds, is it? So I think what's very, very important is that what you see, what you see in you, and you should never see yourself different. You should never be hurt by um, racism. It's really, not, it, it's really not your problem. It's their problem. And it should not, it, it, it only has power if you give it away, if you give it away. It only has power if it hurts you. So if it hurts you, you're feeding that beast. So I say, you have to work hard and always know that you are a man that can be many other men. And that you're no different than somebody that was born here, that it's also a man that can be any other man. Feed your talent with other talent. I think it helps a lot for me to get inspired, inspired by other actresses, other actors, paintings, music, all kinds of art, poetry. It, it continue. Don't let your frustration uh, starve your talent because your energy is going there. And that's it. Thank you. I just want to yeah, remind everybody to please wait while the extraordinary Salma Hayek uh, leaves, <laughs> leaves us, unfortunately. Thank you, so, thank you for coming very, very much. Thank you. Shukran. Gracias. Merci beaucoup. The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Nick Kemp and Michael Oatmark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, please visit filmlink.com, F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C.com. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. Film lives here. <laughs>